there's always these surprises. So one of the things is to keep mixing it up, uh, keep learning new things, and uh, just get out there and do it. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And today we're going to be diving into how to leave your W-2 job. I know this has been a topic that has been brought up a few times, but I think it is a very valuable and creative avenue to talk about because a lot of our listening to this on their way to their W-2 job or on their lunch break, maybe on a little walk around the building in between afternoon breaks. So I think it, it is valuable to keep touching on the subject is creative ways to make blocks, add value to be able to take that leave of absence and dive into the real estate sector full time. So another reason I'm excited for today is Frank was a teacher. Uh, I substitute taught through college. My family's all teachers and it was either real estate and make the money or go teacher and then do it in the summertime. Um, so I chose to go real estate from the beginning, um, but it's going to be great to hear how teacher route and then made the transition later on. And it sounds like that's been a great uh, route and avenue for him to do so. So Frank Padalano is our next guest. Frank, did I say the right name or last name right? Yes, you did. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's take us back to your teacher and take us back to that kind of first real estate deal that you did that created the niche, created that mindset to say, hey, I, this this might be something here. Thank you for having me. Um, when I was a kid, I remember like uh, my dad did a little bit of real estate here or there, mostly like, uh, you know, buying a single family and renting it out. But he definitely did not want me to to really go into that field, became a school teacher. And uh, my girlfriend, who became my wife, uh, she became a school teacher as well. So he had a pair of school teachers that basically were working every day, uh, five days a week, plus, uh, you know, grading papers, stuff like that. And uh, over time, you start to have choices, as you know. So uh, what happened was is that we started to uh, generate a little bit of income because we weren't big spenders. So we had uh, a good amount of money in savings. And uh, what happened was is we get to the point, it's like, well, we can either keep saving, maybe put some money in the stock market, or do something else with it. So uh, what I decided to do is... uh, even though uh, my dad was uh, long gone, I said, you know what? I said, why not look into this real estate thing? I mean, it always went well for him, uh, though he worked a little too hard at it. Uh, I don't lift a hammer myself, but uh, he did a lot of the handyman stuff himself. And uh, over time, what I decided was uh, I started to read some books. And one of the first books I read was, uh, it was not Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but it was a book by Robert Kiyosaki called uh, The Cashflow Quadrant. And it just talked about the four different types of people that work, uh, you know, small business, uh, self-employed employees and investors. So uh, what I did was that we decided I was going to be super smart and go to an auction. And I went to a land auction down in New York City and at the, they were selling land across the country. And even though I had read up on some land stuff, uh, I, that was not a good choice. <laughs> so my first deal, I actually lost, uh, I lost money, had a little bit of education, we'll call it, or a seminar, as some other people would call it. And uh, I lost uh, 20000 on the first deal. Good thing I started work on some other things as well, though. 
we bought our own personal house at the top of the last cycle. I joke how we closed uh, April Fool's Day, 2005. So I wasn't necessarily lucky with real estate the first few times. But uh, over time, what I did is uh, as the market was coming down, I found a nice uh, triplex in uh, one city over. And uh, it was a foreclosure, but it was on MLS. So uh, I bought that at a decent price, fixed it up. Didn't make any money the first four or five years on it because you know how it goes with real estate. The first year, you're definitely learning. The second year, you have a heating system to replace. The next year, you have a... uh, uh, roof to replace, etc. But after about five years, it started to make money as you gradually started to increase rents. And uh, usually rents were moving faster than uh, expenses. And uh, besides just that property, every year I tried to buy uh, you know one or two new properties to keep growing. So That's great. New. When, when did you leave your teaching position? Did your, your uh, wife leave hers as well or is she still still teaching? She's much more nervous than I am about uh, entrepreneurship and business. I was always like one of those uh, entrepreneurial dreamers, we'll say. She loves what she does. I mean, is it a lot of work? Yeah. So she's still teaching. My goal is to get her out in five years, but it's still going to be her choice. Uh, I actually just left teaching uh, this year. It's been less than a year since I've been out. So uh, I taught for a total of 17 years. So uh, the first property I bought, basically, I was seven years in. Uh, I wouldn't call it like a seven-year itch, but that was the first uh, multifamily. And I was able to grow, and now we have a portfolio. Uh, at the height, we had uh, just over 50 units in Rhode Island. And then uh, I started to buy into syndications in other parts of the country, et cetera. That's you great. Know, uh, yeah, the latest deals. Uh, so this year, uh, I'm a general partner on two different deals, uh, a 50-unit in Idaho and a 225-unit in Texas. So we have a good amount of money, uh, six figures in each of those deals. So can't complain. For sure. Well, talk to us a little bit about the comment you made kind of like with your wife, she loves what she does. We we want to dive also sometimes in as much of the mindset of the real estate as much as actual real estate, because that's where you can you can get just as creative with, with overall thinking and philosophy of it as as you can the actual deal is is that she loves what she does. So talk us through what you you would say to someone that has that W two job that's that they love, but they also maybe love real estate as equal, and they just don't know yet if it's worth that jump. If at the end of the day they have that passion for real estate, but then becomes a full time job, it takes that little extra pizzazz out of it, and then that W two starts to look a little little better. Yeah, so I definitely, obviously, love real estate, and or I would never have left uh, uh, teaching. It's just uh, the point of real estate; it gives you a lot more freedom to do things. So, like, I get to drop my kids off at school when we had school time every morning. If there was, if they were sick, I could easily move some things around, take it, take a day out if I needed to. But I could also run to a closing at eleven o'clock in the morning, stuff like that. Like you said about being creative, it's a lot easier to uh, negotiate deals if you can take a phone call whenever, or you can hop in a car and, and drive down to a property. But, uh, you know, I did I enjoy teaching? Yes. I just wasn't always happy with all the politics and what was uh, just like going on. And, you know, there was always a problem. So just decided to move my uh, move my myself around a little bit. And like with the passive income, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. I don't lift a hammer. I don't, I don't mow lawns. Uh, it's very much everything I have now is property managed. And even when I was teaching, if it wasn't fully property managed, I was only collecting the rent through 
picking up the uh, the mail at the postage, uh, the post office, and uh, I had contractors and everything else all set to go in case there was a problem. Yeah, and would you recommend that? You had mentioned your dad was kind of the opposite and learned how to swing the hammer. Some some people say that learning um, by doing allows you to to see and underwrite deals and do your due diligence a little better because you're you've experienced that stuff. Well, that's a great, that's a great point. I I know what you're saying for some of it. Like, so for example, I was a big fan of property managing for a good, you know, six, seven, eight years, my own properties as much as I could without necessarily doing the work, but just the whole concept so that when we did start to hire property managers, uh, I understood that side of the equation a little bit. And if you are handy, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with starting that way. Uh, I have a few friends that basically house hacked their way into success and uh, they did a lot of work on their own, which is perfectly fine. It's, everybody has a different, different route and there's nothing wrong no matter which, which path you take. Yep. Yeah. We, I, I personally have all the tools, um, but I've found that if I get up there and try to hang some drywall or hang a door that someone's just going to have to patch up what hack job that I did. So I, I, I did, did my best to try to learn all that just the way my mind and, and, and memory and, and all of that works. I just, I get more frustrated. So I found that it's better for me to go out and find the deals and then get the, that expert who knows how to hammer that, uh, that nail the right way. Um, but we definitely have people that, that say you, you should learn the ins and outs of the real estate before you start buying. So it's always interesting to kind of ask that question just because you mentioned your dad was, was that, that kind of philosophy. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's, let's say that you guys have the uh, creative real estate podcast. And when we talk about creativity, uh, some people are more creative with their hands and I guess I'm just more creative with my mind and deals. I mean, we've, uh, we've bought one third interest into vacant land through a probate case. We've bought duplexes in war zones for under 20, under $30,000. I mean, there's always creative ways to, to, to make money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and enjoy life as well, you know, so you gotta get creative to make sure you're, you're happy. So, uh, you had the summers off as a, as a teacher, most, most likely, unless you were, you know, a, coach or something of that sort maybe but so did you when you had your summers off did you take advantage of of that in the real estate and kind of go full time for those months or two uh not really a a little bit but so it's tough because like I have three kids at home and uh I have uh my wife's a teacher too so when when the summertime hits they want to spend that's that's a lot of the time that we have quality time to do things uh so did I did I do some? Yes. I remember there's been a few times at the local real estate group, you know, it would be like April or May. It's like, okay, guys, uh, summer's coming up. Who has a deal for me mm-hmm. to, uh, to buy right now so they can do something over the summer? Yeah. But, uh, and I, I did do more over the summer. It, it basically became a full-time job, absolutely. But I still was able to uh, mix it up and move it around so that you could still spend time. Like, you know, I'm also a Cub Scout leader. So uh, there was uh, two summers ago, uh, I was a leader at the local summer camp for a, a couple of weeks. And there's always stuff going on. We always take our kids on at least one week long trip and everything else. 
That's great. Uh, so I take it you know how to tie some sweet knots. <laughs> what's your, expert, what's, what's yes. your favorite knot? Oh, uh, no, not an expert <laughs> at all. My son, my son can do some of that stuff pretty well, but uh, I, I just uh, – do I know how to do a few of them? Absolutely, but I wouldn't call any of them my, necessarily my favorite. My daughter's actually better at knot tying than I am. Uh, nice. I, I'm always jealous of a good knot tire. I have, uh, we have a lake – cabin complex that we renovated in Lake Ozarks and and I leave just a boat down there so when I go down and uh I'm horrible with knots so that's why I kind of made that joke because I'm like yeah, yeah. loops and then it like falls off and everyone's like dude just give me the rope I'll I'll tie it up so I <laughs> must have failed the Boy Scouts so but yeah well it, what's some other tips that you you learned that might help someone get to that position of either figuring out if they want to go full-time in real estate and leave their W-2. And if they do some maybe hurdles that they could, they could jump through earlier before uh, they experience those themselves. So, yeah, so I'm always a firm believer in uh, taking some risks, uh, gaining knowledge, but also taking some calculated risk. So uh, my philosophy is that you, if you don't make a few mistakes once in a while, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. I know in real estate, I've made many mistakes. I've survived EPA-led audit where um, we bought a property that there was a lead poison child in the property before we owned it that we didn't know about. Uh, there's always, we've had a lot of construction stuff where it's like, that's always a surprise when we're doing a small subdivision or or uh, trying to uh, just build uh, or change the configuration of a building and turn it from commercial to residential, et cetera. There's always these surprises. So one of the things is to keep mixing it up, uh, keep learning new things and uh, just get out there and do it. Yeah. It's, and I think you, you maybe mentioned some of this at the beginning that you had a, your $20,000 quote lesson was essentially like a $20,000 seminar or a course. And I, I think some of the sayings are, is you, you don't lose, you, you learn. I, you know, I had a $20,000 learning lesson versus a $20,000 loss. So uh, it definitely, you got to kind of look at it that way because there definitely will be some, some dings along the way if you're taking those risks, as you mentioned that you, you should to kind of get to the next level. Well, well, I mean, so as you know, and as I know, there is no perfect property out there. Okay. I mean, if I always waited for the perfect property, I might still be waiting for my first uh, multi, especially as prices have gone up in the past couple of years. You know, when I look back at that first uh, triplex that I bought, the price I paid for it, it's like, wow, I can't believe it was so cheap. But uh, back then I was, uh, I was wicked nervous and you know, everything that was going on, it's like, oh, you're crazy. People kept telling me you're crazy. You're crazy. Cause we already owned our own personal house. Uh, this was, this was not something we were going to live in this. And it wasn't necessarily a bad area, but, uh, even, even with all the work and effort we put into it, I mean, we still did not really make any money for the first five years. Do do you still own that? do, Do you still own that property today? Yes, I do. I still own that property today. About um, two years ago, we paid off the mortgage on it. Congrats. Um, Congrats. Thanks. Uh, we, did, we did it early only because that was one of the only properties that we owned in our own name. And I really wanted to be in a uh, LLC. So uh, we, we try to keep everything in the LLC. Nowadays, uh, when I say VLLC, we have like six or seven of them now. But, yeah. you know, just to spread it out, the liability. It's great. A- anything with that? triplex that you kind of learned that helps you get to where you were today? Well, it's funny because if you look at it now, you kind of say, oh my God, if I knew everything now, I would have never bought it. But 
if I had never bought it, I would have never learned so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the way the property was bought. So let's see. Each floor has two bedrooms, but the bathroom is off the second bedroom, which reduces the value. I mean, most of the stuff in our area is a uh, is a is an older housing stock. So this stuff was built in like, you know, the 1890s or so. So I remember when we were changing the driveway out, uh, there was a, we didn't know this, but the sewer line was actually underneath the driveway. And there was this little, um, this little air hole in the ground and there was this pipe in the, uh, when the guys were changing out the driveway, they said, what do you want to do with this? I said, I don't know. What do you recommend? They said, oh, we'll just pull it out. So they pulled it out. And that was our, that was our escape for the, uh, (laughs) for the sewer drain that was put in like 1897 or something we didn't even know about. So the next uh, two days later, we started to have sewer sewer backups and nobody was, could figure out why it's like oh here we go you know so just all those little surprises that you you really don't know until you until you get out there and uh take some risks and, and learn about them yeah you know uh you don't know what you don't know uh, i have people ask me all the time questions and i mean it's helpful if you're using other people's knowledge but sometimes even with other people's knowledge you don't you don't have all the answers so it's one step at a time and like I said, there's no wrong way to necessarily do real estate. There's uh, there's a lot of right ways, and I'm sure there's a few ways that I want to recommend. But I've seen people make money in so many different ways in real estate. Yep, that's the power of real estate. You can get creative with it in so many different ways, and and there definitely isn't a right or wrong because we have people that are passionate about every sector of real estate, and their way is the right way, you know, in a sense, in reality, that, that can't be true because we have another guest come on that's the complete opposite and their way's right. So it definitely is. I like your philosophy of realizing that uh, there's a power of real estate is, is the flexibility and the creativity. Oh yeah, definitely. I have a, a bunch of different partners, especially when I went, uh, when I wasn't going full-time in real estate, when I was full-time as a teacher, I, I tried to use partnerships to my advantage. And the partners that I found would mostly be from the local real estate group. I'd know them for two or three years. We'd have, they, they seem like they were trustworthy people and I've done very well with every single one of my partnerships. But it's funny because they all have different strategies in one way or another. So I have one who likes to pay off debt as fast as possible whenever he buys a property. Um, I have another one that likes to let it ride. A third one that doesn't mind refining every once in a while to acquire a new property. So, you know, there's all different strategies. And I, ha- I was uh, talking to somebody one time and they said, well, do you feel like you're a pushover? Uh, because you let them run the, the strategy? I said, no, not at all. I said, I don't have a right answer to this. I like to see how it goes, you know, and we've done pretty well on, in all the scenarios. So, Yeah, it's strategy that's worked. That's the biggest, biggest thing is it's works, worked and is working for you. So that is the right way for you. And that's the power of it. So definitely. Oh, it's great. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we can come back. We can dive into the final five and uh, see see what you have to think about those. What, uh, what do you think about that, Frank? Perfect. Thank you. This episode of the Creative Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by both you and brought to you by the show itself. And we just wanted to say thank you, Jason. I really appreciate having you as a listener. And we have an ask. We've got a quick ask. If you have uh, been listening to the show for a little while, you love the show, and you haven't taken the time to leave a rating and a review, I just wanted to ask to see if you wouldn't mind 
uh, going into iTunes and doing a written review as well as a rating. Um, so that's our only ask. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back from break. We have Mr. Frank on here. We're going to dive right into what is the most creative real estate deal you did and talk us through it. Oof. Uh, let's see. Probably the most creative real estate deal that I did was uh, back to that duplex I was talking about. I bought a duplex in, we'll call it a war zone neighborhood in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. This is about five or six years ago. There's a small title issue on the property. One of my attorneys didn't want to own the property. He was the owner and uh, he sold it to us uh, $8,000 down and a $20,000 mortgage. Um, I never walked onto the property. I paid a property manager to take care of it all. We ended up selling it to the first floor tenant. The second floor might have been busted in by the DEA. I don't know. I was never on site. Uh, we ended up selling it for somewhere in the 80s. Um, I count it as a $65,000 sale for me because I let my property manager take the rest of the profit. We shared the profit above 60, above 60000 I think. You know, That's so, great. It was awesome. It worked out very well. And like I said, I didn't have time. I was working a full-time job, a part-time job, real estate, kids, coaching, everything else. So, you know. Yeah. And a little takeaway from that, it sounds like you didn't get greedy that you gave your property manager some upsides. So which would possibly most likely help you at the end because you, you, you had so much other stuff going on. So that sounds like that the mindset of win-win, the rising tide raises all ships. And it sounds like everyone kind of won from your initial person you bought it from to get out from it. And you got it and property managers and sound like first floor tenant won. We love to hear those deals where it's- Yeah, it was, it was awesome. My, uh, my, my mentor, his name is Rick Cohn. He's from Providence. And uh, he always, his famous quote from me is, I'd rather have the fast buck than the last buck. So, you know, just, just the whole fact that- uh, Make some money, make it quickly, and move on. You don't need to wait for that last dollar. I have a lot of friends that wait for that last dollar. They get burned for it. Yeah. Fast buck, not the last buck. That sounds like a country song. I think- uh, <laughs> I'll have to look it up. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's a good one. You go to Nashville and, uh, and get it recorded. Um, all right. Well, what's, what's, where do you see the next five years- in the real estate sector, just any specifics you would say, and then where do you see yourself in five years? Sure. So um, let's see. The sector overall, I mean, I think we'll be uh, coming out of a, of a bottom in one way or another. It's hard to tell. I mean, we went 10 years in a row with, with uh, the, the real estate market moving up, uh, more of a national market than we've ever had before. Uh, obviously, uh, depending on when this gets released, uh, we're in a little bit of a crisis right now with everything going on with uh, the pandemic. But at the same point, the government is a lot more proactive. So they're, they're pumping a lot of money in. So that might hold us out, but it's tough to tell with all the, uh, the, the ideas about rentals and whether or not if people can't pay, what do we do with them? So uh, I'm, not, I'm not shooting for a V-shaped recovery, but let's hope for more of a, at least some type of recovery. So five years from now, I'm hoping that's all going to be over. And uh, depending on what happens, maybe we'll pick up a few properties by then. We'll see. You know, nice. and then myself, this is my first year not teaching. So uh, I've, I've done a little bit of speaking at some uh, conventions. Uh, we do some other things. Uh, I gradually grow and I mostly make my money through networking and finding deals that way. So uh, I will continue to do that. And uh, we'll see. Uh, I love, like I love doing all different types of real estate. 
Uh, I'm still doing land development. I just I have hard money loans out there. Uh, I own a bunch of smaller uh, multifamilies. I'm buying some of the bigger multifamilies as well. So I, I just kind of like doing a little bit of everything, which is kind of cool. Uh, five years from now, my daughter will probably be uh, graduating high school. So uh, we'll see my oldest. So we'll see what happens and where she wants to go. Maybe we'll have to buy a house somewhere near where she's thinking just to start renting it. Yeah, we I, that. That's a lot of our clients have done that. They, they buy near their kids and a lot of people moved out here to Denver because their kids have moved out here and they'll get a second place up in the mountains to spend some time with their kids. So it's always uh, uh, a treat to see people and the migration of, of families. Uh, Absolutely. I don't know if we've met. I was in Denver uh, back in February. I was at the best ever conference. Okay. Yeah. That was, uh, I actually was renovating a project. I have a handful of properties up in Summit County and it was in Keystone yep. and uh, I had a, I have a handful in Dillon and then I picked up a, a, a single family house in Frisco, which is a few miles from there. So we were, we were renovating a uh, three bed, two bath to a five bed, three baths. So that weekend, I think was a few weeks ends after we had closed. So I was supposed to be up there, but, uh, I was, I was stuck dealing with the house, which isn't a bad thing. It's a, uh, it's, it's a good asset. Very thankful to have it. So I think next year it's there. I think a little, little plug for the best ever conference here in, in Colorado. It's hosted, I think next year as well in Keystone. Is that, is that right? Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, Joe Fairless does a great job. And uh, uh, let's see, Bigger Pockets usually is out there in yep. Denver, too. And yep. Uh, yep. two thumbs up to the, uh, what was it, the Dylan Dam Brewery and Restaurant there? Yeah. That place yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. So you definitely can uh, gain some LBs when you leave there from their, their good food and their, their local brewed, high calorie uh, heavy beers. So that's for sure. Um, what's, a, what's a book that you like to read or listen to on podcast? Or on, on Audible. Hmm. So I love almost the entire Rich Dad Poor Dad series. Uh, I just finished uh, Second Chance, uh, written by Robert Kiyosaki. It's about four years old, but it just uh, it keeps pushing through that concept. A lot of the Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, ideas of just uh, money as an idea. You can't just wait for, and keep that safe, secure job. You really got to get out there, and you got to you got to broaden your base and uh, build assets. Um, I'm a firm believer in all that, and I've read almost every book in the series. Uh, I know some people don't always like his uh, book series, and uh, I mean, there are other books out there that are really good too, but uh, I feel it's an easy read, and it's a good way to get started. That's great. What's, what's your favorite way that you like to add value and give back to the real estate community that's given you what you have today? Oh, wow. Well, I actually have so many because uh, I help run the local real estate investors group, the Rhode Island Real Estate Investors uh, Group. Uh, it's been around for over a decade and I'm second in command over there. So I, I help lead some of the sessions sometimes. I have uh, The Cash Flow Kings. We're uh, big on Instagram. We have uh, over 10,000 followers. Uh, it's an educational real estate brand. And uh, then I even have uh, things like a Real Agent Helper. Uh, we have uh, our own virtual assistant business. And uh, we don't necessarily make a lot of money from a lot of those things, but it's a way to uh, build connections and help others. And that's how uh, people remember us. I mean, so for example, I know Adam Adams quite well, and that's because uh, he uh, used us for virtual assistance and stuff like that. And we're not making a killing on, on, on the deals and stuff like that, but there's so many ways in which to, uh, when you help others, they remember you and they keep, keep going back to you and remembering you back. Excellent. 
What, uh, what's the best way? I know that you have a lot of social media accounts out there. What's the one way that we can throw in the show notes uh, that people can reach out to you and, and uh, get in, con- in, in contact with you here in the future? Sure. So um, I'll say two to you and you can pick which one you want for the show notes. Uh, so we'll like I said, them, we'll throw them both in. You've added right, some so value. The, so. the two best ways is if you want to email me personally, my email address is frank at ribuy.com because I buy in Rhode Island. So it's frank at ribuy.com. Uh, that's to get hold of me personally or to get, like I said, to get a hold of our group on Instagram, you can message us anytime. Uh, I answer questions every day. We post every day. It's uh, the cash flow Kings. Awesome. Well, we'll put those both in the show notes cause you're awesome. You've added some great value. So add some value to you and throw both in. So uh, Frank, it's been an absolute pleasure. Always. Uh, it's good hearing stories of teachers doing successful things and giving back and, and making the world a better place, whether it's through teaching or real estate. So we appreciate you and appreciate your wife for what she's doing as well as teaching the next leaders of uh, our society, which very much appreciated. So Thank you. I was teaching in school and I feel like I'm still teaching now. I actually have former students that uh, ask me questions all the time about real estate. Love That's to awesome. Always giving back, always giving back. Well, listeners, as uh, always, until the next episode, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm gonna let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.